0: The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au Now we come to Hosea chapter 14. Let's see what the word of the Lord is through the prophet Hosea. us today. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take with you words and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity except what is good, and we will pay with bulls the vows of our lips. Assyria shall not save us. We will not ride on horses, and we will say no more, our God, to the work of our hands. In you the orphan finds mercy. I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned from them. I will be like the dew to Israel. He shall blossom like the lily. He shall take root like the trees of Lebanon. His shoots shall spread out, his beauty shall be like the olive, and his fragrance like Lebanon. They shall return and dwell beneath my shadow. They shall flourish like the grain, they shall blossom like the vine, their fame shall be like the wine of Lebanon. O Ephraim, what have I to do with idols? It is I who answer and look after you. I am like an evergreen cypress. From me comes your fruit. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them. But transgressors stumble. to start this morning with a question. Have you ever been lost in a foreign city? Some have. For me, it was back in 2008. Anna and I didn't have children yet, and we were over in LA for her brother's wedding. We'd come to the last day of our trip. I'm learning to drive on the wrong side of the road. And we'd become heavily dependent on the GPS to show us how to go, where to get there. Well, I'm a pretty stingy bloke at times. And I'd worked out that if I returned the GPS to one airport that we weren't going to fly out of, then I could save us a bit of money. The problem is, on the last day, we were wanting to go and visit Santa Monica Pier before flying out of LAX. Now, I'm the son of a bus driver. So I think my, my sense of direction should be really good, right? I should know my way around. But well, there's two problems with that. I'm the son of a bus driver, <laughs> the bus driver. <laughs> That's the first problem. The second problem is, here I am in L.A. I'm not in Brisbane. I've got no idea what's where. Yet we pushed on, trying to find our way from south of L.A. to Santa Monica Pier. Well, of course we got lost, didn't we? We got lost. Lost in L.A., for crying out loud. Suffice to say, we saw more of L.A. that day than what we had planned. But we did get to see Santa Monica Pier and we did make it to the airport on time. It was a lesson for me, a lesson on being lost. If we're going to find our way out of being lost, first we we need to admit our situation. We need to acknowledge that we are, in fact, lost. We are in need of help. But then we also need to get directions so that we can get to where we're supposed to be. The problem for humanity is that we are all born spiritually lost. It's like we're stuck wandering in a city that we don't know. And we need to know how to get out of our situation. We need to know how to get to where we're supposed to be. We need to know how to get the place of God's mercy. Hosea 14 will do that this morning. It shows both Israel and us that God's mercy is found through repentance. God's mercy is found through repentance the majority of Hosea's prophecy has been spent showing Israel that they are lost, that they are heading down a road that leads to destruction. The, the verse before our passage this morning, Hosea 13 verse 16, says that it's still going along that same vein. It says, Samaria shall bear her guilt because she has rebelled against her God. They shall fall by the sword. Their little ones shall be dashed in pieces and their pregnant women ripped open. Israel is heading down a road that leads to destruction. But Yahweh doesn't want to leave them that way. His desire is to rescue them. And so in this final chapter of Hosea, he once again pleads with Israel. Hosea pleads with them to turn to God. And in doing so, in pleading with Israel, Hosea gives them a model of sincere repentance. And sincere repentance starts with recognizing your sin and turning to God. Return, O Israel. To the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Throughout Hosea, Israel's iniquity or their sin is summed up time and time again as unfaithfulness to God and their covenant with Him. This unfaithfulness shows up in their building and worshipping of idols, in attributing the generous provision of God to the hands of God of the idols their sin is also shown up and revealed in their allegiance with foreign military forces, foreign powers looking to other nations to provide protection for them, not to God Israel are sinners who need God's mercy and God says the way for to mercy for Israel starts with them owning up to being sinners. Hosea 5.15, God says, I will return again to my place until they acknowledge their guilt and seek my face, and in their distress earnestly seek me. The owning up to one's sin is a major difference between the words of sincere repentance here in Hosea 14 and the words of superficial repentance that we find in Hosea 6 verses 1 to 3. Feel free to flick back in your Bibles and follow along as I go. Check me up on this superficial repentance as Hosea 6 shows fails to take ownership for responsibility of sin. It's like a soccer player who's always calling out your ball to their teammates. They're not willing to call out my ball and take responsibility for the play themselves. It's always yours. It's never Superficial repentance can also be more subtle than this. Superficial repentance can be happy to confess in the plural, we, yet unwilling to confess in the singular, me. Can be willing to confess that greed and the love of money are problems for Christians throughout our world today. But reluctant to confess that greed and a love of money are problems that I struggle with, can be willing to confess that pride is a problem that Christians struggle with, but reluctant to confess that pride is a problem that I struggle with. Superficial repentance can be willing to confess that sexual immorality, pornography, lust is a problem for the church today, but reluctant to confess that sexual immorality, pornography and lust is a problem for me today. you always seem to see sin as someone else's issue. Maybe you hear a message on sin and you start looking around the room and thinking, oh, who might this be a good message for today? Which of my Facebook friends needs to hear this one? You're always looking at how this might apply to others. Or maybe you're comfortable to see sin as a group issue never let conviction of sin become a personal issue. Friends, today is the day to take ownership of our sin. Today to stop seeing sin as an issue for them or for us and start seeing sin as an issue for you and for me. Today is the day to ask the Spirit of God to show you the sin that is hiding in your life. And when the the Spirit reveals your sin to you, the next step of sincere repentance is to ask God to forgive you. These verses here show us the three parts to asking God to forgive you. It is more than just saying, I'm sorry. The three parts are to repent of your sin, to renounce your false security, and to put your faith in God's love. To repent of your sin is to come clean with God. It's to spill the beans on yourself. To dob yourself in, if you like. It's like a traveller going through customs. You know they open their bag and lay the contents of their bag out on the table for the customs officer to see. Well, repenting of your sin is like lying, laying the contents of your life out on the table before God. This is me. This is all of me, Lord. Nothing is concealed. Everything is open. It's all on the table. It's going through your baggage with God. And all you can say is, Lord, take it away. Can't pack it back in. Take it away. But along with this, asking God to forgive you also includes renouncing your false security. Renouncing your false security is abandoning the sins of your past. And abandoning the things that once took the place of God in your life. The security that, that, that you found in a solid bank balance. The security that you found in that superannuation balance that's going up and up and up. I'll be right in the future. It's stored up for me. Security that was found in the adoration of others. Security that is fed in having a, a reputation of faithful ministry over the years. Laying it out before the Lord, saying, this is me. That's a big thing to do, friends. That's a vulnerable thing to do. Who would want to do that before someone? whilst it might be a vulnerable position to put yourself in, let me encourage you that it's also a safe position to put yourself in. Because asking God to forgive you requires you to put your faith in God's love. God's forgiveness is based on God's character. And God's willingness to forgive is motivated by his compassionate Faithful love. Hosea has shown us that God is the loving father, that he is the faithful husband, that he is motivated by love for his people. We just need to receive his love. If Israel will recognize their sin turn to god and ask for forgiveness god will turn from his wrath and love them free of charge has a play on the word turn here and the message for israel is this if israel turns to yahweh he will turn his anger from them and heal their tendency to turn from him to sin. See, healing Israel's apostasy is twofold. Firstly, it's a promise to forgive their sin. Secondly, it includes giving Israel the capacity to resist the temptation to sin. In the language of Ezekiel, chapter 36 and verse 26, God says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. This is the way that Israel will receive God's love in Hosea 14. God will also love Israel by dealing with their sin and turning his righteous anger away. He says, I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely for my anger has turned from them. I will be like Jew to Israel. God will love Israel by dealing with their sin and dealing with their tendency to turn. He will also love Israel by blessing them. Verse 7. They will return and dwell beneath my shadow. They shall flourish like the grain. They shall blossom like the vine. Their fame shall be like the wine of Lebanon. Sounds great. He will forgive them. He will bless them. But there seems to be a hole there. See, for God to be just, he must punish sin. And Israel have sinned. So how can it be just for him to just turn his anger away from them? On what basis can God possibly turn his anger away from Israel? Well, the answer is found in the whole. It's found partly in the identity of Israel. I mean, yes, Israel is referring to the Israelites, or Ephraim, as they're often referred to in Hosea. But not only them. You might remember the words from Hosea 11, chapter 1. It says, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. Matthew chapter 2.15 tells us that these words of Hosea 11 are in fact fulfilled in Jesus. Matthew 2 tells us that Joseph got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where they stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. Jesus is also the faithful Israelite and the anointed son of Psalm 1 and 2. Jesus is the shoot and the root that comes from the stump of Jesse in Isaiah 11. He is the servant of the Lord in Isaiah 53. And Jesus is also being referred to here in Hosea 14. He shall blossom like the lily, He shall take root like the trees of Lebanon. His shoots shall spread out. His beauty shall be like the olive and his fragrance like Lebanon. So God is free to turn his anger away from Israel because he turns it to Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. On the cross, Jesus Christ becomes sin for us. Isaiah 53.5 But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace Was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. God's mercy, friends, is found through repentance and faith in Jesus. It's not just a message for Israel back then, that is a message for us today, friends. The prophecy of Hosea finishes with a challenge for all who will read it. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right and the upright walk in them. But transgressors stumble in them. The truth is, friends, if we're willing to see it, We are all transgressors. We all sin. And Paul says in Romans 3, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away and have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. There is no one that can stand before God innocent apart from our Lord Jesus Christ. No one. Like Israel, we also have a tendency to turn from God, don't we? Though we are saved, we are not perfect. You know it. I know it. I have a tendency to, to turn but God wants to heal us from our tendency to turn and God's healing comes again through Jesus so the question now passage asks of me and of you today are have you turned to God and owned up to your sin? Have you come to God in sincere repentance? What would it take for you to do that? What would it look like for you to recognize your sin and turn to God? For you to ask God to forgive you, what would that be? What would it look like for you to receive God's love? I don't want to pretend that this is easy. But nor do I want to let the opportunity pass us by. So as we come to a time of communion, I want to share with you some words of Augustus Topletti from the hymn, Rock of Ages. Now, I haven't been able to get the words of the second stanza out of my head all week. Praise God. And as I read these words, I'd like to offer you the opportunity to follow Hosea's model. To engage in sincere repentance today. If the Spirit of God has been tapping on your heart this morning, then I'd encourage you to take these words and make them the, your own prayer of sincere repentance. Let me read. Rock of ages cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be of sin, the double cure. Save from wrath and make me pure. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress, helpless look to thee for grace. Bow I to the fountain fly, wash me, Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.